Welcome back to Draft Chat. Uh, we're here in episode four uh, to talk with resident Thunder fan and friend of the show, Grayson Hill. But first of all, before we bring him on, uh, we're talking here live right before the lottery. So Josh, uh, how are you doing, first of all? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I don't have a lot in this. I've got a 1% chance that something happens. So, um, But I'm in my LaMelo jersey. Uh, remind me that things are great regardless of how things go. I'm excited. I always love the draft lottery because of the potential chaos. I'll tell you what's fun before we bring on Grayson real quick is you have, and I'm finally glad we're to this moment because you've been telling every guest on draft chat, you're like, I don't like doing these stupid mocks before, you know, the lottery comes out because it's hard to predict. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad it's over with. I'm glad we're here. With that being said, uh, we'll go ahead and bring in uh, guest number four, uh, Grayson Hill, Thunder fan, friend of the show. Grayson, how are you? It's the uh, best day in May. Nothing else going on in the NBA. Just kind of figure out, uh, what two top four picks the Thunder get tonight? Yeah, definitely nothing else going on. No. I love the aspirations of the, both of them ending up in the top four. Um, really, the whole point. One and two, right? This. Yeah, right. I mean, of course. Yeah. Going to get Chad Angevari. Uh, yeah. Really, what we wanted to attack here right before, for those that uh, are listening, uh, on Saturday, a couple days after, these are obviously technically our live reactions. We're recording this about 12 minutes before uh, the first part of the draft lottery begins. So we're going to talk a couple things just for those that may not understand the draft lottery in full. Um, for what it's worth, Josh is doing that entire thing because I'm one of those people. Um, and we'll go over a couple scenarios, things that we think may happen. Uh, bias aside as best we can, maybe. Maybe not. Um, and we'll just talk a couple things. And then afterwards, you'll hear a cut to us talking after the fact, going over uh, what actually happened, the actual Thunder portion of the show, uh, as well as uh, we'll get Grayson's Eastern and Western Conference Finals predictions at the end. So with that being said, Josh, please let me and everyone else know what the heck might happen here in the next 12 minutes. Yeah, so a recap for listeners that may not understand. So the NBA um, does things a bit differently than the NFL and the MLB draft. Um, the NHL actually employs a similar system to this where they have a draft lottery to disincentivize tanking teams. Has that helped? No. Not necessarily, uh, but it's used to disincentivize teams from tanking and to get them to keep competing. Uh, so the way things are shaken out, the bottom three teams um, in this year's uh, NBA season, which were Houston, Orlando, and Detroit, have equal odds uh, going to the lottery to have the number one pick, uh, followed by Oklahoma City, who's next at four, and then on down through the rest of the 14. So the way the lottery will work um, – at this point, when we're recording, the picks have already been made. They are back in a secure room. Uh, each team sends a representative, along with NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, um, and lottery balls are drawn out in combinations based on the chances teams were given to get the pick. They draw four times. Uh, so the top four picks are determined by lottery draw. Um, each time a team wins, they're taken out of the lottery draw, and the next one is drawn. So it's only drawn four times. So, for example, if you have the worst record, which I think is Houston, uh, Houston will have a pick that is one through five. If Houston doesn't get picked, they'll pick fifth. Uh, Orlando saying worst they can do is six. Detroit, worst they can do is seven. OKC, worst they can do is eight and on down. So it's just those picks. So why that's significant is we're going to have our live reactions as they reveal the picks 14 to one. So starting at 14, I'm going to reveal where the teams should place out if nothing changes, because our reactions are probably going to come in where the things are different. So at 14, you can look at it if you're following along um, and not driving, although I imagine some of you, most of you are probably driving and can't pull out your phone to look at this. Uh, you can look at what the odds were on Tankathon. But uh, 14 should be Cleveland. Number 13 should be Charlotte. 12 is Oklahoma City, one of their two picks. This was the one that was traded uh, to them from Los Angeles, the Clippers. I think Was that the Paul George trade? Yep. Way back when? Okay. Yep. Uh, 11, New York. 10, Washington. 9, San Antonio. 8, New Orleans. Um, this is the Lakers pick that was traded in exchange for Anthony Davis. 7, Sacramento. 6, Portland. 5, Indiana. 4, Oklahoma City. Three, Detroit, two, Orlando, and one, Houston. 
So that's where we sit uh, for the way the lotto is going to work out. Uh, Deputy Commissioner Mark Tatum will come out at around eight minutes from now for us uh, that are live reacting to this, and he'll reveal the picks uh, 14 through 5, take a break, and then do 4 1. Lucky for the listeners, they will not hear that break. They will hear no. dead silence and then cut right to the fourth pick. I'm excited to do so. But just to explain where there will be there will be a stop. So right. super, super exciting night, obviously, as uh, people who this year we wanted to bring back uh, or bring our, into our show and into our content, the draft cycle. Obviously, I think this will be a cool perspective because I think there's a lot of unique situations for every team. We're not going to be able to hit every single team in the lottery in terms of what some fans and what players and working for those teams, et cetera, might want or think. But I think this is a good scenario because I think the Thunder are kind of the poster child or token of, of kind of where this new draft era is when it comes to tanking. So my first question, at least because I want to be able to reflect on this in for the listeners, what's going to be a couple of days, but for us, it's going to be a couple of minutes is I want to know right now, before we know anything, who you want, if it's in the top four and then who you want if it's in the top like you know let's say the the one at 12 stays at 12 so, so let's say they stay at four and 12 exactly like it's supposed to it goes completely chalk which is very unlikely who do you want at four and who do you want at 12 uh four would almost be like one of the picks i wouldn't want just because it's so tough to pick um after this what's perceived now as the trio at the top um but I've, i could see Jaden ivy shade and sharp somewhere like that it's not necessarily a need but it's best player available and if we go that route with the first pick, I would really want a big man at 12, Jalen Duran, potentially Mark Williams, um, maybe reach a bit on Tari Easton, someone like that, just to shore up that area of the roster. Because I think we've got a lot of good guards, a lot of good wings, um, but it's mostly Isaiah Roby, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and um, for now, Derek Favors down low for us. Josh, uh, following up that question, who would you want if they, the Hornets being they stick at 13? So it's not going to be what you think because I don't want Mark Williams, not because I don't like him as a player, but because I think the best option for Charlotte is to take advantage of this great big man offseason market that's out there that they seem to kind of be at the center of, uh, whether it's talking about Rudy Gobert or talking about DeAndre Ayton or even the sleeper picks of a Jakob Hurdle, Christian Wood, Miles Turner, who all kind of seem to be on the trade block. Not picking Mark Williams since the draft comes before free agency would really signify where Charlotte's headed. So being said, who I would want, shout out to the New Zealand Breakers and uh, Usman Diang. Wow, he's coming up high now. Okay. As well as uh, Okay Baji uh, from Kansas, yep. just getting an incredible 3MD wing to, that's ready to go. Yeah, I'm excited because I think ultimately this is going to kind of not solidify some big boards, but I think it's going to help uh, and solidify either some big boards or some mocks because I think what's going to happen, I think some teams are going to slot in and we're going to go, okay, like the Ushman Jangs of the world, we're going to be like, yeah, he's rising, but like, but to where, right? Or like in this case, you mentioned the Jaden Ivey thing at four. I'm intrigued if I, I just want something to go south where somebody gets a pick where they might not have expected it. And and we're gonna get a raw live reaction for the sake of content. I'm hoping it's the yeah. thunder, of course. A little bit of chaos. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. That it can be anybody. both of us. Right. Yeah. Come on. Like the top three can be two thunder picks in the Hornets. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. that. I'm if all that happens, that. if that happens, I'm retiring from podcasting. I just started <laughs> it, so not that long ago. I just may never watch basketball again. I guess, but. Yeah, so ultimately what we want is best case scenario for both teams here involved, for those that might be new here. Um, I have zero dog in this fight, so my job is going to be two things. Um, captaining this ship, hopefully, and keeping it on the or train on the tracks, um, and then maybe throwing in some things in there to get it stirred up and get it exciting and get it talked about. So I really hope it quickly goes firmly off the rails. Me too, actually. I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of do too. What always gets me about the waiting on this is knowing the like the picks have already happened. Yeah, that is weird. I said they made these like an hour ago, and they're in the sealed envelopes. Of all the things that leak on Twitter early these days, I'm kind of surprised that even to this day we've never had a leak with the. Uh, they take their phones away. Yeah, like when they, they go to make the picks, they take all of their phones away and they lock them in the room yeah. <laughs> until the picks are revealed on TV. That's crazy. That they should do that with more stuff too, like the draft. So there's draft like there's like twenty people that know what the order is right now. They're all locked away in a room by the NBA, just watching the CSPN feed. 
like more power to them. I think it's one of the best things that they do in terms of hyping it up. I'm, I'm really glad that they keep it uh, kind of normal in a sense. Josh, was there anything else we wanted to ask Grayson before we cut to the uh, 14th picker soon? Did you see Presty's comments earlier today? I caught he, like took media questions this morning. Yeah, he said he wanted to go live pre lottery to make sure that it, it came across as genuine and not after the fact. Um, yeah. I didn't get a chance to go through the full thing, but we got some great beat reporters that were on it. And uh, it seems like he's, you know, ready to embrace the challenge of having these two picks. And um, wherever they do fall, it's going to be pretty monumental as far as the franchise and their momentum uh, going forward. So, I mean, given our success in the past picking in the top five, um, I've got full faith in Presti and the rest of the people involved. So, hopefully, oh, yeah. we get that opportunity. Yeah, you're going to get a stud regardless of where you guys pick. All right. It looks like we're getting started here uh, with the draft lottery from McCormick Place in Chicago, Illinois. I totally wish that we were actually there. I just made it sound like we were. Um, but Two Pointers Podcast, obviously, uh, just cut it back from us talking a few minutes before the draft about things, scenarios, the thunder a little bit. Uh, but it's live. We're watching it as you guys are going to hear this. And we're going to try to trim it down as best you can with, uh, obviously, there may be some stops here and there. But Why is Walker Kessler at the draft lottery? He's not going to the lottery. Next to Rip Hamilton. That's interesting. Uh, maybe all the what's well, all it's in the same place they do the the combine. That's okay. Definitely should be. In the this combine. has no impact on him. Yeah, whatever. Um, you never know. Maybe two months ago. But yeah, so they're showing right now all the stuff for those that might be listening to this on Saturday when it comes out uh, at midnight or Friday night, midnight, Saturday morning. Um, obviously, we're in this point now where they're just showing the top three and what's the debate, yada yada yada. Um, but what we're here for is, is obviously what they're showing now is the four teams that have the best chance at number one, all tied at 14%, the Rockets, the Magic, the Pistons, and the Thunder. Uh, things are about to change very, very quickly for one of these franchises, if not all four of them, uh, obviously, because I don't think any pick is really any bad pick here. Um, they're showing some relaying of some of the Lakers picks to how it goes to the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. We're going to skip right over that. I'm just kidding. Um, no, but we're here. Uh, we're excited to talk about the draft lottery as we react to it. It's hilarious that um, we were talking about Detroit and Houston going one two last year, and they're right there at equal odds to take I think it's the same top games. three at that fourteen percent benchmark. Is it Orlando yeah. again? Did yeah. they mm-hmm. like really lose to drop to? They did. They did. Yep. Yeah, four. Okay. okay. So my favorite thing about this and was OKC okay five or six last year. Four. No, like what did they actually end up picking? Oh, six, my bad. Six. Yeah, yeah, six. That was how they got the giddy pick. That's so, definitely why you're worried now, because you're just afraid to oh, see yeah. the same crop again. Yeah, I don't think right. that good fortune is going to happen twice before it's six. So, they're, so they just showed the thunder, and they just showed a bunch of eight balls. So I'm going uh, to look away for a second so we can not worry about that for a moment, because they're doing the thing that they normally – I thought Mark Tatum would be ready right at eight. But I just want to say really quick that I'm kind of happy that we're all watching this on mute for those that are listening to this on the podcast later. Uh, we're all watching this on mute because obviously we're not exactly lined up. But I'll tell you what I'm most excited about for the for the mute part of it is we don't have to hear Kendrick Perkins talk a single moment, which okay. is really great. 30 minutes of Kendrick Perkins. I, I'm like Thunder super legend. excited. Oh, regardless of where whether he's a legend or not, he's not a legend on television. So how is I'm, he still an NBA analyst? How was he ever an NBA analyst? I'm just he kidding. Is this, isn't a, this isn't a Kendrick Perkins slander segment though, because they've got a great cast up there of uh, Jay Billis and Malik Andrews and Adrian Wojnarowski. So very, very weird. Jay weak. Billis going to give us some cutting edge analysis about who has the best <laughs> hair in this lottery. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Coming from the bald guy. Yeah, um, yeah, talk about still, how much he loves Paolo Bantera. We're still doing the part about the Rockets now, so obviously we're just here waiting, but. Uh, anything that you both uh, obviously things are going to go south here quickly, but anything you both want to say now before it happens? Are you guys watching these Westbrook Harden graphics just walking yes, away? They're completely terrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, completely terrible. Where's the John Wall one? I know we haven't played in three years, but you know, come on. He's still on the team, I think. I know. I forget that. Uh, to remind people, Josh went over at the beginning. The Cavaliers have a 05 percent chance of winning the uh, winning this lottery. They've won the lottery more than any other team in the existence of the lottery. Ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Shout out to Anthony Bennett if you're listening. They've hit a lot, though. None of those players, I mean, like, well, the only player that still plays with them is Garland. That actually uh, was one of the picks they won. No, Garland was the fifth pick, so they didn't win that time. It was, yeah, I think Wiggins and um, Bennett were the two most recent. Kyrie. Kyrie. Before that. 
I have a hypothetical I want to throw at you too. Josh, this is less for you because, you know, you're, you need a literal miracle. Um, but I'll start with Grayson on this. If the Thunder can't win the number one overall pick, for the NBA fan in you, whether it's biased against somebody or whether just excitement of where, let's just assume Chet goes one, uh, where, who would you want to win the lottery if the Thunder can't win it? For Ooh. excitement's sake. I would almost say Detroit. I feel like that's one of those franchises that's, when they're good, the NBA as a whole benefits from it. And that's I think I obviously getting Cade number one last year, they got pieces like Jeremy Grant, uh, you out of talent, any of the top three, honestly, uh, to that roster. And that's going to be a very interesting team uh, on that play-in bubble, I think, sooner rather than later. Josh, that was my answer. So I'm going to ask you, who would you want as an NBA fan to get the number one pick if it wasn't the other yeah. Or it wasn't so the Charlotte Hornets? If the Hornets can't get the miracle, I've kind of gone with the two teams that I would like to see Chet play for that I think would be good for his development. I think he's the best player, but I think it very much depends on his development. I think that's either OKC or Orlando. I think they're the two best landing spots for Chet Holmgren. I don't know if you're doing that on purpose uh, because of... No, I've I've (laughs) thought OKC is a great spot for Chet for months. It's not just for Grayson. Wow. You get plenty of minutes, I guarantee you that. Yeah. I mean, he only played the first half of the season before they shut him down, but... Well, it depends how we're playing, but yeah. (laughs) Reacting accordingly, playing here, too good. Let's, let's knock it down. Let's shut reacting it down. accordingly to what we're watching, I am shocked Mike Schmidt still has Keegan Murray at four. I didn't know that. I don't read Mike Schmidt a ton until closer to because he gets good info in the last thirty days of the draft cycle. He's really good about really getting scouts and 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 GM pieces right there within about thirty days or less. And I'm just shocked he has him at four. Ivy's at five there. Like I'm, I'm actually kind of, I'm maybe I'm overreacting, but. Keegan Murray at four? I feel like that hasn't happened in months for most his people. Biggest, not as a knock, but he's one of the older prospects, I think 22, 23 years old. Um, I know some people hate that. It's, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I think Ochai Ogbaji is the only guy I'm willing to take that, you know, old age wise or experience wise that I think is worth taking, you know, high ish in the lottery because of the experience and being, he's going to walk right onto somebody's team, you know, in a couple of months and be ready to contend for a playoff spot. So. That's 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 kind of my exception to the rule. I'm the same guy that didn't like Chris Duarte and was wrong about that. Maybe I'm not because he had a great start to the season, but I'm I'm just excited. I love these guys to death, the top three. I'm glad that they're really stirring up the controversy with the three of them having them together in every single thing that they possibly do. And I just I just wish they would get it over with. You guys hear like so I've been switching back and forth to listen to what some of the commentary is. They asked Paolo to tell NBA fans what they'd be getting if they get him, and his first thing he said is a star. <laughs> Getting a star, as they should, as he should say that. Okay, as they should right. say that. He's going to be unbelievable, man. I've look, I've come around. You know how I felt about him months ago. I mean, I'm I'm completely coming around on him. I can't wait to get our big boards updated because as soon as I'm done editing this show and our normal show that comes out tonight, I I am going like hard and fixing up my my big board with with about a month left, basically, because I I need to flip it around. Spoiler, you know, Palo's not three anymore. Super excited. It looks like there's some reps are taking the stage. Back from commercial break. They should be about to reveal the lottery. Celtics warm up shots again. Yeah, tonight's all about Tatum. Mark Tatum, that is. (laughs) Deputy Commissioner of the NBA, that'll be revealing. My Uh, most or least favorite NBA uh, personnel person. That was smooth, Josh. I I love Mark Tatum. I do too. I thought of the Tatum thing hours ago. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here's a podium. The drawing room. I love that they don't leave the room either. I love that they stay in the room. Make a live cam from the room. Yeah, I love it. And it's just a bunch of GMs and stuff talking. It's great. You can blink out in Morse code who won the lottery first. And they said they're just a couple of minutes away from the results of the lottery. I know there's a game tonight, right? Oh, they're gonna they're gonna finish up and then go straight to tip off. I, I love this for the fans because I'm gonna do my best to cut it down as quick as I can. To oh, they're announcing who the reps are. All right, there we go. Nick Collison. Nick Collison. Shout out to Nick Collison. He was one of the funniest answers ever on on trivia for us. <laughs> so I got it immediately. Are you being yeah. sarcastic? I don't, you did get. No, it. he's the one I got. I didn't get yeah. Paul Pierce, but I got that's, Nick Collison. That's great. That's great. <laughs> For anyone like, listening, the question was uh, Roy Williams National Player of the Year. Cards yeah. are being delivered to the podium. I love it. Flip it upside down really quick. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he accidentally goes like this. Yeah, he drops them. 
<laughs> oh wow! Why is this one bent on the corner? You That's the new draft order. Yeah. They just throw they the cards there and pick them. They had to get rid of the pulling the cards out because of this advice. Oh, here comes Mark Tatum. Oh, oh boy! Here we go. We're going. Yeah, We're going. We're straight going right now. Yeah, literally, what's happening? I love how we we can't hear anything. We're just Cleveland. Watching. Cleveland at fourteen. All right. Not Charlotte. All Come right, on. here we go, Please Josh. Be Charlotte. Here we go, Josh. Oh well. This one might last. See you in six minutes. Congrats yeah. to Mark Williams. All right, Josh. See you in six minutes. Dang. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. So we've wow. gone in in order: Cleveland, Charlotte, Tactic. Okay, Why are we even doing the show anymore? All right. This has been the Two Pointers Podcast. I'm. I guess I'll take one in twelve. Yeah, right. Eleven is the Knicks. The Knicks. All right. So nothing has changed there. yet. Yeah, I'm no. pulling it back up so I can make sure I'm looking at it. Yeah, nothing. I've got changed. it pulled up as well. Washington, be, I believe, should be yep. here. Yep. Washington dropping yeah. the envelopes. Is something going on here? I think there's a cover in front of it. Uh, he's dropping it. I Washington believe. looks mad that they got ten. They look pissed. <laughs> All right, San Antonio. San Antonio. Wow, is this going to be a chalk? Is this going to be chalk? I'm so angry. No. I wanted San Antonio to jump up. That would have been really cool. The Pelicans be the ones watch. Yeah, why? Well, <laughs> right. After the Lakers pick, I think I'm going to cry if that happens. Oh, okay, that's we're good. Hell's good. We're good. Hasn't been a jump yet. Sacramento? That just means Please. the top four is going to get weird. No, Grayson's nervous now. I don't like that. This is the scary part. Yeah, right. Oh, Sacramento. Portland dropped. Sac- Port- yeah, Portland dropped one. Oh, Damn, no. Sacramento is in the top four. <laughs> He's smiling. He's like, I got a better teammate than Davion Mitchell. Please nod back-to-back years. Let's go. Oh. Indiana. Please wow. don't be next. If they're not five, this is going to be the greatest. Who drops? Don't be next. Let's Uh-oh. go. All right. All right. Let's, wow. Before we get before things get out of hand, I'm going to go ahead and captain this for a second. Uh, the only major change is that Sacramento is in your is in the top four, and Oklahoma City is guaranteed a top four pick. Yeah, Orlando and Detroit fell from two to five. five. So it's the Houston Rockets. The Orlando Magic, the Thunder, and the Sacramento Kings. Who would good for Sacramento? Time? No, not good. Sacramento. Yeah, bad for whoever, whatever poor soul will uh, will be there with Sabonis, looking for so, ways to escape. All jokes aside, on the bright side, before we go uh, to a cut here, before we come back to the fourth pick, is Sacramento last time that this happened for them? Is they got Marvin Bagley too <laughs> instead of Luka Doncic? Which you know that would be fun. I'm just kidding. So who do they make that same mistake with? Say like an Ivy at two. We'll see. They will pick Shaden Sharp number one overall. They can't pick another guard, right? Oh no, they will. They will. <laughs> it's Jaden. Can you imagine De'Aaron Fox and Jaden Ivy? No, that's how we're going to go to commercial. Uh, and Davion we'll Mitchell. All right, we'll be back with the fourth pick. Uh, through the first pick here in just a moment. We're back. Did we all just say that at the same time? I think we more just Celtics warm up shots. That's why we're here. Yep. <laughs> I think we all just said we're back at the same time. This is great. We're back. It's time for a four to one. And here we go. All right. Come on, Nick. Come on. Nick. So logic would dictate this would be Sacramento, but honestly, logic is out the window at this point. Uh, I might throw something out a window if it's, Oklahoma City at four. Here we are. Please do that terrible Kings win. logo. No, yes. I think it'd be even better if it was oh, Kings. Grace, all right, for those that are oh, listening on. later, Grayson is about eight seconds ahead of us, so he's going to react before Josh and I will. Oh, my go. God. Oh, oh, my Rockets God. Oh. Houston oh. Rockets have the third pick. You're right, in a great spot regardless of what happens next. Nick. It's between Orlando. Oh, all right. uh, yeah, two. Number the Orlando two Magic for the fifth, fourth Man. Fourth or wow. fifth time in NBA history. Did the two landing spots for Chet, I just say, were the best go one, two? Yes. Number one overall <laughs> pick. Wow. The, the, the fourth or fifth time in NBA history. They jumped from two to one. Last cool. time they picked number one, was it Dwight Howard? I believe it was. I believe so. Yeah. I think they've had, they've had four number one picks, I think. They've had Chris Webber. Or that conglomerate of a trade, or they got it and then won the lottery, traded it, whatever. They had Shaq. They had this one. Am I forgetting anybody? I'm definitely forgetting. Dwight Howard. Yeah. Dwight Howard. Is that four? That's got to be four. Yeah. All right. As they're talking about it, we're going to ignore the screen now because it really doesn't matter. Um, let's go ahead and react accordingly because obviously we're going to talk about the Thunder here in just a second. We're, we'll cut and then we'll go right to a uh, full-blown Thunder part of the show. But 
Reactions wow. with Orlando. Obviously, I was talking earlier before we recorded, and I, people won't know this, but like, I think Chet's a really cool, fun fit in Orlando. I think it'd actually be kind of crazy. But or. do they do they potentially take Bancaro number one because of just the style of play and the fit, maybe with a bunch of guards? No, do they potentially. Take I think that's a fantastic idea. I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're setting that I aside think. for a second. Putting that on the back burner. We're, we're going to talk about the idea that Orlando yeah. should take Paolo at number one. On behalf of Jay Billis, I think you should absolutely take uh, Paolo Bancaro number one. Yeah, this order just went off the rail fast. With Sacramento at four, one, I guess, are we surprised? And then two, with four, like, is this like a trade-out possibility? Or are they taking best player available no matter what happens? Because something's probably going to happen in the top three. Is that where we think is happening? Sacramento needs to take the pick. They are not in a trade-out kind of, like, if they know what they're doing, which they probably don't. (laughs) <laughs> that is fair pick it for they just it this feels like very much uh sacramento comes in at four chet jabari and palo are already gone and they're like we don't need another guard so we're not going to do ivy they make that good decision and then they go keegan murray uh and he disappears and we never hear from him again yeah, sorry, Keegan. We, we we appreciate uh your time in the NBA, but uh your funeral officially begins the moment you get drafted by Sacramento. Going to the vortex that is the Sacramento Kings. All right, they're going to continue to show the top three prospects again over and over again for the next couple of minutes. So we're going to go ahead uh, and just start talking about the Thunder now that we have some scenarios and some things that we can actually talk about. The lottery reaction has happened. Let's talk about, obviously, now that the Thunder here are at two. Uh, and at, am I already forgetting what happened? 12. And 12. So, yeah. with that being said, now that you know, the same question I asked you earlier, who do you want, and who do you, what do you think actually happens at both picks? I want Chad Holmgren. I think he goes one, and we pick Jabari Smith. Really? Okay. Yeah. Tell I'd, me more. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's no hard-hitting analysis per se, but I do think that just some things with Banchero and I mean, it was Duke as a whole, there was just kind of lapses where they would kind of, you know, sleepwalk through games, especially in a weaker ACC. And I don't know if Presti's going to love that on tape. Obviously, they've got you know, workouts, combines, interviews, things like that to really sell themselves beyond the tape. But um, honestly, if Chet goes one or if Paolo goes one, Jabari goes one, um, having the pick of the other two perceived trio at the top I don't think it's a scenario you go wrong, especially with a guy like Sam Presti making the call. So um, that's a win, honestly. Anything in the top three was a massive win tonight. And um, you got the added bonus of the Clippers pick down at uh, 12. Before we get to the 12th pick, because you answered how, how you think it might go and how, who you want. Um, according to Jonathan Giovanni, whether you like his track record or not, he believes <laughs> that Javari Smith will be going number one overall to the Orlando Magic. I love that, too. I wish they would. I I have I have seen that mocked for a while. Now that we know it's official, and Keegan at five, it's interesting. I'm looking at the same thing now. Like they're mm-hmm. getting their guy. It sounds like people believe that Javari Smith's the guy in Orlando. Obviously, this is an Orlando Magic uh, draft chat, but very interesting because obviously at that point, then the Thunder would have their pick of Shaden Sharp, Palo, or Chet, which it seems like that's probably going to happen. It's one of those three. Wow. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Uh, who do you want, and who do you think will happen at twelve? Uh, well, I didn't expect to have a pick of the trio, honestly, given uh, the misery of late with uh, draft lotteries. But now that that miracle has come true, I still would love Mark Williams, Jalen Duran, someone like that, just to lock down that area of the court. Um, we've got a lot of athletes out in the wing. Um, guards, obviously, we've got that pretty well covered. Um, I think we could focus on maybe a 3 and D wing guy, someone in the middle like Tari Eason, potentially. Although 12 may be a bit high for him, but I think if you're there with the pick and the guy's there, then take him. Um, that was the mindset with Giddy last year. And light of how that worked out, I wouldn't mind that approach uh, once again. All right, Josh, same question I just asked him since we asked you before. Obviously, this is a Thunder show, but uh, I do want to know, now that 13 is 100% happening since you're the I got to wait till the lottery's over kind of guy, the lottery's over, who the Charlotte Hornets, excuse me, pick at 13, then who does Josh want? I feel like there's a good chance that 13 could be the Agbaji pick. The Hornets are in win now. Well, it's not win now mode, but it's like we're t- it's time to be a competitive team mode. Uh, they've been in the play in tournament the first two years. 
So that's probably an Agbaji pick. And then I think Mark Williams, if not taken before, could fall. And you could look at that at 15. But um, other options, you got Usman Diang. Got Malachi Branham from Ohio State hanging around there. Considering there aren't like a lot of great twos in Charlotte. Could be a shout. It's that kind of area. So you said that that's who you think they'll do, but who do you, you said you wanted? You would want. I want Chet Holmgren, but like okay. that's not gonna. <laughs> Too bad. Let, let the pipe dream go. <laughs> like, I don't you know. You. It's a. It's hard to wait and see how it shakes out. Like that answer can change. Obviously, that's why I'm asking now. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd like to see an Agbaji or a Diang or okay. a Benedict Matherin. Yeah, so we haven't get a really good wing. We haven't talked about Diang in a little bit. We had talked about him with. Uh, we had Tyler on, and then we had a different Tyler on. I think we talked about him with Tyler uh, James, not Tyler Rucker. Um, and he was uh, still doing a couple of deep dives, and he was on that list. But uh, I, from listening to Rucker's show, I know he's pretty high on him. I think he's somebody that's going to sneak into my end of big board maybe, but it's just a matter of, I don't know. I, it's, it's in that weird range for me with he could be 13. He could also be like 31. I have no idea, so... Yeah, Charlotte's got a great position being there at 13 and 15. So it'll be really fun to see. Like you mentioned uh, in the pre-lottery uh, conversation about being uh, part of a pieces of a trade. Uh, I, I'm not sure there's going to be a ton of trades on draft night. I, I'm sure this might turn into the NFL draft since I said that. <laughs> the NFL draft this year had every trade possible. But yeah. I'm, I'm just not sure. I think a lot of teams are happy with where they ended up and are willing to take some guys a little bit higher or lower on their boards. I think it's going to be really interesting to see that. Charlotte specifically has had no intention of continuing to trade picks. Yeah, I mean, but if you're getting a statement from current manager Mitch Kupchak, if you're getting a big like Gobert on the market, maybe you, uh, maybe you do. Um, Regardless of that, let's uh, talk a little bit now. I I obviously we asked like who you want. Reactionary wise, that answer is going to be a little bit different, maybe. But outside of the top four, and I'm going to say four because I think. Four can either be for me or for most listening, either Sharp or Ivy at the fourth spot. Let's assume it's both of them. Let's just say top five. Let's say it's those five. Is there somebody that you think gets shaken up here or somebody you're really high on, Grayson, that we, not necessarily the Thunder since they got two, obviously they're not going to take one of these guys here, but is there somebody that may fall that you're excited about maybe falling that they could get there at 12 that's kind of like, you know what, this is not somebody I haven't been able to talk about much. Right. I mean, I've seen a couple different opinions on Jalen Barron and, you know, how raw the talent he is and how refined his game may be at this young age. Um, and I could definitely see him being gone before 12. Um, but if he is there at 12 for us, um, or even another like-minded team like Charlotte right after us, um, I think either spot he would do well. Mark Williams also, he's kind of mocked in that area already, though. Yeah, so I would going back to the big man thing, I just – Either one of those guys, um, Walker Kessler later on, maybe. That's that kind of player area um, I'd be looking at. Uh, guys like Tari Eason as well, who will very likely be there at 12. Yeah, thinking thinking big this year for OKC. All right, let's do this. Uh, because of where there's a couple of guys, obviously, with – you never know what could happen. The Thunder have so many picks. They could trade 12. They could trade 30. They could trade 34, I think is what we had noted. I'm not going to get that yeah, wrong after last year. <laughs> if you know, you know. I'm not going to get the second rounders wrong or the first rounders <laughs> wrong again for trivia. I'm going to throw a couple of names at you. We'll play high or low for a few minutes here. Uh, okay. Since we've done that with every draft chat. Obviously, we want to do it again. I'm going to throw a couple of names at you. Obviously, at this point, it matters nothing about where the team may picking. It's just a matter of whether you think the guy, obviously, is high or low. Uh, you've heard the segment before. Uh, yes, first one for me is going to be A.J. Griffin. I think higher because I that was a name I liked if, you know, the lottery balls didn't bounce our way and we were picking in that 7-8 range at the back end of the uh, our own first-round pick. I think that, you know, he doesn't shoot a ton volume-wise, but we were the worst three-point shooting team in the league last year. So any talent, regardless Good. of volume in that area, uh, I would love. Uh, I think he's got defensive potential as well. Yeah, I, like I said, the big thing – we need guys down low, but another aspect we can definitely look at, if not later on as well, is the three-point shooting. Uh, it was bad. It's been bad for a while, um, but yeah, dead last in the league in it. So um, getting a guy, maybe lower volume, but still efficient. Obviously, I don't think he'd be starting for us, but comes in off the bench and gives us um, key shots from that range. I would uh, be a big fan of that. Thankfully, we're not looking in that range 
uh, at least not at two now. Um, if he were to somehow fall to 12, I'd love that pick, but mm -hmm. I suspect he will be going in the single digits. You never know, especially with this draft. I mean, I, there's going to be, I think I have a couple, I may do like a small segment uh, on draft chat in a few weeks with Josh and I, where we do like some potential guys that may fall for whatever reason we come up with. Cause I think it'd be really interesting to see like where those guys do eventually end up based on our predictions. But I have a couple in mind that I'll keep under wraps. Um, okay. The next guy I'm curious about Johnny Davis. Cause there's one, I think you and I texted about him a little bit, but I just, I just want to understand where your brain is high or low on Johnny Davis, obviously a little further in the, further in the draft cycle than we've asked this question to other people uh, as we're only about a month away. Right. I mean, I remember the mock drafts from tournament time. He was right there with Shaden Sharp and Keegan Murray, five and six. Um, I didn't really love what I saw in the tournament as far as like just head down, got to do it all, which works when you need it. Um, but I don't think at least not for OKC, that's not something we need a whole lot. Same thing with Ivy. Um, he's great with the ball, but there's only one of them. So um, I think he's going to be great in the right situation. I don't know if Oklahoma City is that right situation, um, but I'm not sure where he's being consensus mock right now. Late lottery, I would assume, um, would be the target range for him. But I think that, um, you know, he's shown a lot of ability. It's just getting that right balance of, um, you know, his fit in an offense to where he's doing a lot, but not necessarily taking over. Uh, he's trying to win games by himself because he may be able to do that later in his career, but I don't think early on he's going to find success with that. Um, Josh is going to have three. This is my last one. Uh, let's go with a guy I'm curious about because I think he's a good fit. I don't want to spoil some of my thoughts later on closer to the draft, but I will say this. I think EJ Liddell is a great fit for the Thunder at any pick. Obviously, I think 12 might be, feel a little high, and then two, two might be a little high for EJ Liddell. But uh, EJ Liddell, high or low? Uh, I would say high. I've actually got him in my notes as someone we could look at him with the um, Clippers pick. Now, assuming I did that, assuming he would stay at 12. I don't hate the pick. If there's a run on bigs, Mark Williams is gone. Jalen Duran is gone. And it's, you know, we're choosing between maybe him and Eason and Presti feels like going Liddell. Then I would be very okay with that. Um, just, you know, it's size and we need it. Um, I thought he played well at Ohio State. And, um, yeah, I mean, 12 may be perceived as a reach, but, you know, Giddy was a reach at six until the season started. So um, I think if it's a guy we like and we have a pick and he's there and we don't think he's going to be there at 30, I'd be shocked if he's there at 30. Um, yeah, me too. Then um, I think you pull the trigger. You know, there's a couple of funny tweets. Oh, we got taken five picks early. And then uh, the season starts and, you know, in a similar fashion to Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who's a second round pick. But, um, you know, immediate returns and a lot of potential. Yeah, friends at No Ceilings have Liddell at 20 right now. I have a feeling that probably changes, especially after having some conversations with some of them, reading some of the stuff, um, some guys that we trust, obviously. They have him behind the likes of Tari Eason, Patrick Baldwin, Usman Jang, uh, Ochai Ogbaji, Jaden Hardy, Jeremy Sohan. So I've actually, this is probably a more updated than I've even read it the other, the, the other day. So they're obviously, he's obviously a name that I think is going to rise up and down in a few of those spots. Um, I, I think I'm just sick of the Minnesota comparisons in that weird, like, 1923 <laughs> range. But, right. I mean, that's probably where he ends up. So, all right, Josh, three more. Let's see, what do you think of Ty Ty Washington? I mean, I can't really talk bad about any Kentucky guards, given that we've got one lead in the franchise. Um, I, <laughs> that would definitely be one down towards 12. Um, but I think, I don't know, I'm just so – almost tunnel vision towards these base because I know the talent we have at guard. I think obviously if we did take him, he'd do great. I just don't know if the role we need him to play is limiting him almost and what his actual potential is. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, a team that doesn't have the depth of guard we have, um, especially they're all young too. That's the other thing is, you know, SGA is the old man at 25, 26 years old. Um, so wild. Assuming we don't flip him to the Hawks, whatever terrible trade their Twitter people have come up with this week. Um, I definitely wouldn't hate it. I think that, you know, if we do add a wing or a guard with one of these three first round picks, assuming we use them, I know we'll use two and probably 12. I could see 30 and or 34 getting uh, involved in some Presti magic on draft night. But um, really athletic, um, you know, if there's enough of – share the ball to go around that we could figure it out. I mean, we had a three guard lineup in the bubble and um, made some noise with that. So yeah, I wouldn't mind that pick at all. 
Yeah, Tata's interesting uh, for sure. Tata's interesting for sure because yeah. he's in that weird range where he could he could actually still get in that late lottery. I think people will be shocked, but right. I, I mean that's where he was for most of the draft cycle until about a month ago. So exactly. Buckle up because we got a lot of guard questions in coming. So uh, Dyson right. Daniels. I'm confused why you're doing guard, but I hey, that's that's. I'm there aren't good big men. That's why. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, Dyson Daniels. We haven't really delved into the G League ranks yet. I think I've I've heard good things, you know, about him in that situation. Um, you know, Pressy's got a lot of favoritism towards the international guys, so I think G League could be next. I think the only guy we really have is uh. Darius Baisley, um, mm-hmm. who was supposed to play, but actually sat out as an intern for New Balance in that year off. So, um, and he's panned out spectacularly. So, my question with Daniels, I've made this joke like three weeks running. I'm gonna make it again. Do you oh, would no. you feel like you're seeing double with the Giddy Daniels comparison? Because Daniels is apparently six eight as of yesterday. Wow, I didn't know that. I'd be, I, yeah, I that just be. found that out. He supposedly ha- has been secretly double six eight Aussie point guards. I mean, the you first like one worked. Second. We might as well. Yeah, right. Well, who needs one when you have <laughs> That's two? That's that right? Dante Exum drafting logic. Yeah, right. Oh, man. Right. Hopefully somewhere more closer to Giddy than Dante Exum. But, yeah, I mean, it's... Or Ben um, Simmons if we're going big Australian guards. Let's just keep rolling. But um... Hopefully he'll play more. But, uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I heard him on, um, I forget the name of that podcast, the one you sent me with uh, Tyler was on. With the uh, OKC guys, they mentioned him as a target at 12, potentially. Um, uh, and so, yeah, it is a guard, but, you know, we're not going to draft three centers. So, uh, at some point, the wings and guards are going to have to be on the draft board, and uh, I think that'd be a good one. Last one here is a late first, early second round look uh, for Trevor. What do you think of Turquavion Smith? I would say, I guess that had to be lower, because I don't know if he goes in the first round. Mm. I, I think, you know... A little bit of range, kind of like Ty Ty Washington, and that he could definitely get there. Um, I just don't – I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. Would I be shocked if he goes first round? No. If I had to tell you today, does he? I would probably say not. I would say, I mean, top 35. I could see him being there at 30 and not there at 34 between our two picks at the moment. But, um, yeah, Definitely so just based sense. on, you know, the split right now, does he get in that last five of the first, first five of the second, somewhere in there, I'd probably lean towards the uh, back end of that range. So my curious point, Josh, that was three, right? That was six total? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think so, count. yeah. Uh, so uh, since you were talking about somebody, Josh threw out somebody uh, towards the end of the se- end of the first, early second, and that's Jacoby Smith. With a realistic pick there, you, you, whether you high or low on Trevon Smith doesn't matter in this case because he's probably right. not going to go to. He's probably not going to go there in that range. He'll probably fall, I think, a little bit. But regardless, you have a pick at thirty and you have a pick at thirty-four. So two guys that you do, and this obviously I'm taking. We're out of high or low now. Two guys that you are high on that you would be thrilled that are actually realistically available at thirty and actually could be picked there. Right. Uh, this first guy would probably be. Need to be at 30. Um, but Christian Coloco out of Arizona. I like um, that. I think, you know, if we do go the more athletic 3 and D wing uh, earlier in the draft, obviously bring a big man uh, to start off at two. But um, I he improved a lot. He shot 72% from the free throw line, which is a stark improvement. Uh, I think that's big in today's NBA where you're going to get to the free throw line. you got to be able to make them. I think this third year at Arizona did him really well. Um, you know, they didn't reach their ceiling uh, as a team in March, but I thought that he he played well. Him and Matherin um, both improved their stocks, I feel like. And so, um, you know, as the as the picks flip to the second round, we've got those two in that very short amount of time, uh, assuming we do keep them. And then uh, staying on the big man theme, we could probably wait to 34 to get him, but Walker Kessler will be another guy that I think um, – he could be taken before then, obviously, but I think, uh, you know, should he be one of those followers that we see late first and he's there late second, um, I wouldn't mind taking a shot with him. Get Kessler, just be prepared for five three-point attempts per game and half of a three-point make every game. That's about as well I can expect from the team now, so I will take that. I mean, he did just say earlier that I didn't know this. They were the worst three-point shooting team in the league last year. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, so no. This, I think he would fit right in. I think that would yeah. be a great – we're talking team yeah. fit. I mean, we if love guys you asked me shoot, to name so. some of the players that definitely started for OKC at some point in the season, I wouldn't be able to tell you. There's about 20 right answers, so uh, yeah. you could really just throw some darts. Yep. I'm going to – 
for those that are uh, not new here, I'm going to start studying the 20 people that played so Josh can't. <laughs> when the trivia finale rolls around. Uh, the game now, Grayson. I'll be, cl- I'll be clearly prepared. Yeah, <laughs> so for those that uh, are listening to this on Saturday who have already listened on Wednesday, we recorded our normal show without Grayson about an hour and a half before this one. And yeah, we're fixing to do conference uh, semifinals as Celtics uh, heat just tipped off as we're talking about this. Uh, but we're going to talk about uh, you. You'll hear the trivia and how it went and stuff. But he has no idea what happened. So, and we're going to keep it that way because I think it's going to be funnier to find out as the guy who's going to probably be the one, definitely be the one making the trivia questions. This is your <laughs> formal announcement uh, to in front of everyone that you have about a month. Any other prospects in that range that are just somebody we definitely need to mention? I like the Coloco one because. We haven't spent a deep dive on our show, at least draft chat wise, talking about some second rounders. I think we may set aside some time in the next couple of episodes to really go deep dive the second. I mean, like Josh said, for God's sake, the last the last two MVPs, you know, back to back MVP and Jokic came from the second round. So obviously, you got to get somebody right in there. Um, anybody else? It's been in over round? four years since an MVP was a lottery pick. Yeah, that's true. Is it really? Wow. That's true. Yeah, because Giannis was what fifteen. Right? Yeah. So. Yep. All right, so anybody else in that range? Obviously, you have guys like Travion Smith, Leonard Miller, uh, Trevor Keels, Wendell Moore, et cetera. A guy I picked up on, uh, JT Note, he may very well slide out of the draft altogether, but I think um, if he does, you know, he, he took a pretty good gamble. Um, you know, with NIL, he is risking an actual pay cut. We make jokes about that, but um, by declaring, he may end up in the G League out of the draft. Um, which would very literally be a pay cut from the NIL money he'd received at Arkansas. Um, and I think that uh, if a team does take a flyer on him, I could definitely see it panning out. Um, I think he did a lot for the Arkansas team that scared a bunch of people. That was a hard place to come in and play. Uh, we saw a lot of the top SEC teams struggle. Um, and that team as a whole, just very physical, uh, hustled all over the floor, didn't let you have anything easy. And uh, their tournament run as well, I think uh, he was a good part of that. And another guy that uh, improved his stock through the tournament. Um, again, maybe coming out a little bit early, but you know, credit to him for betting on himself. Um, I think he'll definitely be on a team, whether it's through the draft or um, post-draft with a deal. Um, but he's a guy that I like a lot. All right, Josh, anything else uh, before we do really quick uh, his Western and Eastern Conference Finals predictions? Any chance the Thunder want to trade that pick to the Hornets? Or? Uh, I mean, we'll get on the trade machine, but it's going to take a whole lot. (laughs) Spoiler, the Thunder asking for more picks, by the way, which the Hornets don't have. We have them, we're just not going to give them up. That's fair. All right. Lakers don't have any. Yeah, we're, I thought we would go this whole podcast. I thought we said we were going this whole podcast. Next one's in 2027, right? Yeah. Is it? Uh, Can't wait to do that lottery show with no one. Really quick, we're recording this as it's 7-0, Boston-Miami. Uh, Boston's up 7-0. Um, this will go out, obviously, since we're recording at Game 1 on Tuesday the 17th. This will go out on the 21st. Um, so with that being said, as unbiasedly as possible, because no one knows you're going to be changing these picks, obviously, because it's the night of Game 1s, who wins in the East and who wins in the West and why? Um, I think a little bit of late-breaking news today. Uh, Al Horford out in the proto. COVID protocols, excuse me. Um, likely both Miami games, he won't be there. Um, I mean, as we see, early lead for Boston, that could very well change. Um, these first two in Miami. I think Boston gets out of the series and goes to the NBA Finals. Um, I had them coming out of the East. Uh, before the playoffs, I had them playing Phoenix. We saw how that happened. But I think this Boston team can put it all together. Um, you know, we've seen them in this position before, and they've come up short against various other top teams in the East. And uh, I think... You know, guys like Grant Williams coming on, um, Robert Williams being healthy now, hopefully Marcus Smart joining the uh, healthy part of the roster. He had a foot sprain, I believe. So hopefully that's not significant. And then, of course, Al Horford and COVID protocols, which that's about as dynamic a thing as you can get. So um, those are two key important pieces for them. I think if either of those two misses more than the first two games, maybe I could reconsider. But I, I've got Boston, um, I think, in six, I would say. I don't think we get a game seven out of the East. It's scary because, I mean, people who logically just look at the numbers that say one and two next to their rankings uh, right there are going to be like, man, a lot of people are picking the Celtics. And 
I mean, without spoiling anything, it's it. They're the fa- they should be the favorite. They're the better right. team, arguably. Right. I, yeah. All right. And the more fun Western Conference. Uh, for some people, uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna let my bias get in the way. I I don't think that the Luca and Brunson show is enough. Um, I don't trust the role players to step up to the magnitude they did. Have to get past a three-two uh, deficit to Phoenix. Uh, I think the Warriors are the most experienced team left by a mile or two. Um, I think getting Steve Kerr back at some point also in the COVID protocols will be big um, home court. Very, very important. Uh, these are two teams that play well at home. They've got great crowds. I just don't see Dallas winning more than maybe one game in golden state. I'd be surprised. Um, now if it's one, one heading back to Dallas, I'm not exactly shocked, but those later games would be five and seven uh, if needed. I think that um I'd be very surprised if Dallas took either one of those. Um, we just saw him win in, in Phoenix in a game seven by 38-something points. So it, it could happen. Yeah. But, you know, I'm a bit concerned about the Warriors. I, along with everybody else, did not see them losing by the same 30 million points. Uh, that game in Memphis, um, sans John ja Morant. Uh, but, you know, that was also without Kerr to give them a little bit of credit. Um, and so – um, but yeah, I've got to give experience there. I think this this Warriors team, and they've got the young influx of talent as well. You know, and if it gets to a game six, then uh, you better double Clay Thompson. Trust me from experience. But uh, I think Dallas is going to fall. I think it's. I don't know if we get a game seven out of either, either series. Honestly, um, as much as I want one as a fan, I just I've got too much respect for uh, Boston Golden State to see it getting to that point. All right, how many games for Golden State? I'm going to say six again, All right. but I would Boston lean six. five, if not six, and then six, if not seven. Um, All right. Boston six, East. Golden State six. Uh, yes. With that being said, like every guest, 30 seconds on the way out, shameless plug, anything that is pertinent, people need to hear, to find, et cetera. Uh, not a whole bunch. I'll be tweeting a bunch about the Thunder in the coming days, um, but, you know, that's a very niche community, uh, even at picking number two, a little bit more intrigue. But um, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to come on. Looking forward to uh, listening back to it and uh, following along with you guys as we get closer and closer to the draft about a month out. Yeah, we haven't figured out what we're doing for the draft, but it's going to be something wild, hopefully. Uh, some things stirring here, but Thursday night, I think they need to read. They've got to figure that out. They've got to shift, uh, shift it to a different day, maybe not a weekday. But anyway, all right, Josh, uh, that was fun. Close us out. Well, with that being said, not my night, but uh, this has been Two Pointers Podcast on Draft Chat. We will see you soon.